Well, zero death threats. Damn. Well, we're just zero... gonna have to push the envelope just a little harder. Okay, but overall, I think I think the I think the Cayman Cowboys went pretty good. Okay, groovy. I liked it. I uh, bl- I yeah. laughed my ass off listening to it. So did my daughter. She laughed her butt off. As head of the fan club, they laugh a lot. If you're around my house when that show is playing, it's loud. I was unsure about it. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Cowboy thing, move this to the intro. You know, that doesn't even sound fun to me. This is how old I am. It doesn't even sound fun to me anymore. This guy comes in the shop. He's a new guy, kind of hanging around. He's like, oh, are you a technical diver? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, I got it. My friend's a technical diver. He's down in Ohio. I'm going to get you in touch with him. He walks Why? up. Why would you do this? Because I'm just going to show up on a boat and hey, another are, technical diver. And go are you a human? <laughs> I've got this buddy who's a human, too. Do people... I'm going to set you up with my sister. Don't do that. I don't know. I'm a crabby old man, so it doesn't really. It's not any, you know, an unexpected revelation when I I go. um, What? I guess I get it when you're just a regular recreational diver. Mm -hmm. You get stuck in that situation of you don't have a buddy, you're by yourself. Oh, I usually would get a dive master if I'm by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, there's nobody I mean, else on the like, boat. You can expect to just get buddied up with somebody, and, and you can pull off yeah. a dive together. Yeah, I mean you're well within. I do that. You're well within NDL limits. Mm-hmm. Relatively shallow, but even like on, on a buddy dive like that, just to say, hey, we're gonna go do a, we're gonna do the wall dive to 130 feet, and then you know the dive masters are like, wink, wink, maybe I'll take you a little deeper. Yeah, you know, you know for that. I'm going to want to know the actions of the person that I'm with. Yeah. You know, so I'd, I'd probably do a couple of the reef dives, shallow 40-foot reef dives first before I before jump on the 130-foot boat yeah. on a dive like that. Just yeah. to, just so I know how that person acts and thinks. Well, that's but to exactly do a, But it, yeah. to do a dive to 150, 200 feet, to do very, very somebody, first yeah. dive. Yeah, I don't go tech diving with... Uh, show up on a boat and just... With, with strangers. Especially, you know, doing this for a while. And you you know that people can get pencil whipped through a tech diving class is just as easy as a recreational diving class. So, Oh, yeah. When you see it, it just makes you lose faith in the, you know, the card system. Although, you know, certain well, cards, no, certainly. Certain cards I, I hold a little more value to. So, yeah. So Sunday morning, I show up at the old local watering hole to do uh, a couple dives with this girl that bought a dry suit she's been so finally she's getting around to wanting to do the dives has she dove in a dry suit at all no, no. well we did the pool we oh. did the pool Is back for a cert card too? yeah just to get yeah. her okay. cert done so sunday i would have loved to have would have loved to have slept in got up no had a nice leisurely cup of coffee no i go out to the pond get there you're stupid she never shows totally really? forgot 
blowing I, up I, her I, phone I, for an hour. There you go. Anyway. Hey, speaking of rules. Yeah. Welcome to the Great right. Dive Podcast. Your rule-making, rule-breaking, <laughs> protocol-following, rule-of-thumb-having, guidelines-suggesting weekly podcast for scuba divers. Yeah, what James said. <laughs> I, I I won't even try to follow that up with uh, your acronym-making... Uh, <laughs> Hey y'all, what's the what's the maximum depth for recreational scuba diving? Uh, really? So we have 130 feet as our maximum recreational limit. But why, right? Is that yeah, what yeah, you're that's kind of yeah, that's kind of uh, where I wanted to go. Yeah. So I know we talked about this. Before. We hit I hit a couple of articles along the way, and I mean, I, I think back to my open water class. I don't think I was really ever told a reason why 130 feet was the rule when i really look back at it yeah. i was told 130 feet is the the rule it's the maximum depth but there were, and i think for a lot of people that was the case this is the limit why mm-hmm. because this is the limit that was it there was really no explanation some people that i talked to a lot you know over the last couple of weeks did get more of an explanation than i ever got and kudos it, to those was it a, a, a good explanation Kind of, in in, really? in in ways. We'll, we'll kind of compare through them as we yeah. as we run through this little article I came across in uh, Scuba Diving Magazine again, which at uh, you know uh, scuba diving.com, www.scubadiving.com, you can find it. Why is 130 feet the depth limit for recreational scuba diving is the article. But um, they kind of high, highlight through some of the points, and, and I heard that mentioned a couple of times. But as far as my original class, it was really nothing until later on. I think it was when I was when I was originally taking a nitrox class. Mm-hmm. Did I get even the semblance of a of an explanation of one thirty, and it related to PPO twos? PPO two, O two, O two. That's not anywhere near the uh, one six. No, is it? Nope. No, no, no. It's a relation to the one O. Trying to get a one hundred percent oxygen. Well, P- look like the the. the the exp- explanation yeah. I got was it's five addas. It yeah, was one point Yeah, so and it's, I, it's I believe depth, that's completely false. It's though. the depth where nothing, pure yeah. breathing where air be, equals pure O two at the surface yeah. in the p in the partial pressure yeah, yeah. issue. But I don't believe that's a true. Like they actually thought about that. I don't Correct. believe. Correct. I think yeah. most of these are hindsight rationale. Yeah. Well, I thought. I remember being given a little thing about the actually the PN twos. Your narcosis. Le- the, the partial pressure of nitrogen goes to is what a 4.0 is that that's five atoms times yeah point eight. Times eight yeah Roughly so eight. it's it's so i was given that at one time the narcosis level right there with of uh with the pn2 a 4.0 and then i was also given uh it's like a uh your tank the typical single tank will last just enough so you stay within no decompression limits you know just a few minutes that's why they left it at 130 you don't go into deco your tank the amount of gas you have is just enough to stay just within the no decompression limits back in the day what is it like 10 minutes yeah i was gonna say 10 minutes on the u.s navy table yeah so it's yeah. uh 10 minutes on the paddy, paddy recreational yeah. dive planner table as well so that's the one i thought was the most uh those two i should say were the most like to me reasonable but yeah i don't remember anything i don't even remember like reading much in the way of this is everyone knows this is why the 130 foot limit was established in recreational scuba well andy zuns andy zuns yeah no he doesn't yeah andy zuns 
Is he is he the author? He's the author oh. in this article. Why is 130 feet the depth limit for recreational scuba diving in uh, June of this year? He mentions uh, and starts this article off by saying that the depth limit for major scuba training agencies and the U.S. Navy has a long history. And he put it all in this nice short article. Nice. So this guy knows the answer, right? He does. Okay. He hits basically four uh, four major points that mm-hmm. cover the reasoning for the 130-foot depth limit. Now, one of our local heroes in Michigan for scuba divers back uh, throughout all the early olden days... Lee Summers. ...was a good old diving instructor based out of University of Michigan, good Lee old Summers. PhD, Dr. Lee Summers. I had to get the long, you know, yeah. full uh, yeah. full uh, description in there. You remember old Lee? I remember old Lee. Yeah, he did a lot of... Uh, Posthumously, uh, yes. Lee, Lee Summers. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's passed. Now. In, uh, in 1992, he wrote a much, Scathing article. <laughs> much, much, much <laughs> yes. longer article... Yeah. Which uh, he had a way of doing, you know, taking. What is this? It's you know so, somebody would do. somebody would look at a this little circular piece of rubber in the shape of an O mm-hmm. and call it an O ring. Yeah. He'd he'd write a fifty-two page dissertation coming up on, with a, on what this object really is, coming to the cl- conclusion that it is an O ring. In fact. <laughs> So he he uh, he put out a, a story, or he wrote a paper, I should say. He wrote a paper entitled, Is It Time to Abolish the 130-Foot Depth Limit? That's what we need to do. Just abolish pretty, it. It's a pretty interesting article. Pretty yeah. interesting read. Well, law, I mean, now it's just lawyers. It's a lawyer thing, because you have to have a limit. You have yes. to. Yeah, you, well, that, you do, it, because people are stupid. Well, they're not stupid. Well, nobody yes, told they me are. I, I take it back. Nobody they told me stupid. I couldn't go yeah. to 500 feet. And it's a litigious society here. Absolutely. So yeah, I get that. I get that. You put the two you know, combined, you put the two together, and voila, we have doctors writing eight-page articles to come to the conclusion that it's an O-ring, that we could have done that just looking at it. But And I think, you know, after the fact rationale, you know, mm-hmm. of why is 130 feet the depth limit? Yeah, we're going to talk about the partial pressure of oxygen. Yeah, we're going to talk about the the narcosis factor. Yeah, we're going to talk about the quality of the, the equipment at the time. But I think you're also going to look back and go, well, you need a depth limit you need for, a depth for legal yeah. reasons. You mm-hmm. have to have a limit. Yeah, otherwise people just, there's no limit. You didn't right. tell me I couldn't. But the the law isn't the reason for it. No. The law is after the fact, hey, we need a we need a, a reason for well, it. Well, yeah, it's the law is the effect of the cause and the cause being all the things we just talked about. The the the, the risk level goes up as you get deeper. So Andy begins by saying dive training is based on a series of guidelines and rules of thumb, but no two divers are the same. Everyone is impacted by nitrogen narcosis decompression sickness and other variables differently what about twins twins andy <laughs> you probably didn't think of the twin uh wait, identical twins wait, the identical twin paradox yes was not <laughs> clearly thought about when andy was researching this article andy doesn't have his phd does he no he's got his msdt i think <laughs> ah. <laughs> almost as good uh, I don't know. I don't know what Andy's credentials are. 
to be honest with you. So why has every major training agency established 130 feet or 40 meters as the depth limit for recreational diving? In order to venture further and explore wrecks, caves, and other sites beyond 130 feet, these agencies, such as PADI, NAWI, and SSI, require technical certifications. And they, I, I, would, I would go as so far as to say is they require technical certifications today. Right, 30 years ago, they wouldn't. Well, there, there was no technical certifications by any of these agencies, but there were p- people that were still going beyond I would, that 100. I would take feet. that 30 and make it maybe a 40. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, 40. Because 30, I think we had something. We're get, well, dude, you Christ, keep, that's right. 30 you is. You keep uh, forgetting how effing old you are. You know, jumping on a slip and slide on the weekend doesn't make you 20, it makes you. <laughs> An old guy trying to be young. It made me feel twenty. Right now, you're, you're, you're. People feel, are like, oh, it made me feel twenty years older than I actually was yes. the next morning. I was gonna say, the people are laughing. They're like, look at the old guy trying. He's pretty. He's funny, and <laughs> oh, no. he's trying to keep up. No, but when you get to be up. my age and you're trying to do that, they're like, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Who's grandpa? Who invited the grandpa here? He can go anytime because he's bringing the fun level down a couple notches. Now that you, it starts to get creepy to some of the people. <laughs> and you'll see. You'll see. The, you can't go to the see, young I, bars and hang out. You go, number one, you don't like it. It's too effing loud. It's everybody screaming at your partner to try to have a conversation because that's what you do now. You have intelligent conversations. Back then, you just sat staring at each other, and which you, you and want you, loud you noises. The loud, loud I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I personally ever liked it, but I would put up with it. I would tolerate it a lot better. Now I don't. I look around. I see morons. Anyway, yeah, forty years ago or fifty years ago, maybe. Yes. But thirty years ago, yeah, they had cave and tech. So yeah. So but oh, so okay. So in the seventies and in the eighties, yes. right? That's, there were people that were going beyond one hundred and thirty. <laughs> yeah. There are people going beyond 130 feet without without, yeah, without without any real training, and it was it was taking those old uh, navy tables that were mm-hmm. programmed down to 190 feet and running through that deco schedule coming back home. Also, the the dive computers, even back when those computers were first mm-hmm. coming out, those cheapy little Datamax yeah. sports. It would I mean they were they were running running tables down to 160 feet. Yeah, well, they were doing you know. And again, they're taking your second to second, actually probably doing a, a quick read every 10 seconds or something and recalculating yeah, and knowing, doing, doing knowing like that everybody's average steps. Yeah, and knowing that everybody's there. bouncing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a, the algorithm they use is, was a simple version of what we have now. The precedent can be traced to the U.S. Navy, which established the rule in the 1950s and still requires special permission from a commanding officer for a diver to exceed this limit. Well, when you get into working diving, it, there's actual rules. You know, there's OSHA standards to boot that require decompression chambers on premises, uh, so many people uh, available, standby. When you get below, you know, the no decomp- the recreational no decompression limit. Even, I think, if, if I remember correctly, going below 100 feet with OSHA working requires a deck decompression chamber. There's going to be support personnel. Then you get the recreational cowboys, much like the Cayman cowboys. <laughs> right, right. Where, where, and the uh, urban And that's cowboys. where those in the 70s and 80s, they were just taking those Navy rules, those yeah. Navy decompression profiles, and were using them for themselves. Without the backup. Without the backup, exactly. They didn't have a, a medical staff no. on the boat. They didn't have a recompression chamber on a boat. They were in there 
40s and 50s, yeah. not in their 20s. Mm-hmm. They were 30 pounds overweight, you know, not running 10 miles a day every day. That's Completely, the Cowboys yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, that's, that, that, that was the a, divers back in the, the 70s and 80s that were taking those Navy yeah. Navy schedules and implementing them into recreational diving. Well, yeah, because they became available. Well, somewhat available. People would read and just, you know, it's it's just like, I mean, even to a certain extent now, you read something, you think that's all there is to it. I just read how to do it. I'm going to go, you know, I can be a tech diver. I put two tanks together. I take a line with me. How hard can this be? You go underwater right. and breathe. It's just I like, bought uh, the long hose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I bought a long hose. <laughs> it's you a pull lot of, it yeah. out. You stuff it back. What's that? It's simple. Yeah. And there's more to it. It's like anything else. There's, you know, how hard is brain surgery? You cut open the head. You start fiddling around in there. Yeah. How hard can it be? Did he twitch? Did you? I was. You know, That's speaking, it. That's the one I'm looking for. I want to go back to the cowboy thing. Did you ever see Urban Cowboy, the movie? Do you remember that movie? Wait, was uh, wasn't uh, uh, um, John Travolta? John Travolta and uh, yeah. what's her name? Deborah Winger of uh, wasn't Deborah? Wasn't it Deborah Winger that was an officer and a gentleman? Which I, I don't remember, officer and a gentleman. That Are was, you kidding? That was oh. before my time. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was officer and a gentleman days. I was. That was too. That was too much drama for me at, at my age. I mean, I remember the movie, but I was like, I'm watching Friday the Thirteenth, dude. I'm not watching really? Officer to Gentleman. I, I should probably know. say I'm watching Friday the 13th Part 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, do you remember Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell? That was uh, Robert Redford, wasn't it? No, you're thinking of the Electric Cowboy. Oh, I am yeah. thinking of Electric Cowboy. There's a yeah. lot of cowboys. In well, that's what I I just, I was thinking of Cayman Cowboys, and then I'm like, what about Urban Cowboy, John Travolta? Then it hit me, Rhinestone Cowboy, song by John, or John Glenn, by Glenn, Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell, yeah. John Glenn wrote yeah. that other song about... John Glenn wrote that song, Rhinestone Astronaut. <laughs> Rhinestone Astronaut. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's get back to Andy. Well, let's let's try to see how far we can go with this cowboy thing. The 10-minute shift. The 130-foot limit is an arbitrary depth limit originally adopted by the U.S. Navy because it gave Navy divers about 10 minutes of no decompression time on compressed air. Going any deeper on air made no sense to the Navy because the time available to do useful work was simply too short. This was a quote by Lawrence Martin in Scuba Diving Explained Question and Answers on Physiology and Medical Aspects that Andy included. Sure, he says, you can go deeper than 130 feet without mandatory decompression stops, but you're not going to have much time to get anything done. Exactly. So in a recreational world, which is very much what the first number of levels of education, I mean, your advanced training, your specialty training, your deep specialty, I mean, your dive master, your master scuba diver, your instructor level, your, I mean, that's all still recreational diving based. And what about no underwater? navigator and really well an underwater navigator the way i see most people navigate they should probably have some decompression training (laughs) because rarely are they on course true true truth most of them run out of air before they hit their target truth until they take their advanced navigator The thing that always gets me is all of these little things, they just require more diving. And nobody wants to, like, go out and get the diving in. Just go diving. Because if you're going out diving, you're doing the little weekly a couple times a week in the local mud hole. You're going to learn to navigate. You're not going to have a choice. Yeah. Well, you're going you're gonna to learn to use natural navigation. 
you're going to learn how uh, how valuable that repetitive dive and that yeah, yeah. And I, I get taken to class, is. you know, helping cut down that learning curve, but it's not going to take place of the experience. Exactly. 130 feet is an appropriate limit for single cylinder, no stop diving with air because of the short no stop time you have, plus the relatively quick consumption of gas supply, says Carl Shreves, Patty's technical development executive. It is also the depth by which almost all divers begin to find gas narcosis noticeable. And that was the other big point, like asking people, mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, do you, re-, as I was asking people, do you remember why, you know, from your mm-hmm. open water class, why 130 was a depth limit? And I told people, don't look it up. Don't look this up and give me an answer. I just want to know if you can remember being told an answer or just that it was the limit. Don't ask questions. Right. Or, or were you really told a reason? And if you were told a reason, was it then or was it much years later? And you remember from when you took your first tech class or you took your first nitrox or whatever, you know. The next point, Andy comes across with is breathing deep when considering deep diving in the 1950s you have to examine the equipment available at that time he goes on to quote an expert at dive lab a scuba equipment facility in panama beach florida who says in the early years of open circuit the depth limit in the u.s navy was about 130 feet seawater was set at 130 feet seawater primarily because of the lack of good breathing performance to dive deeper than 130 feet of seawater on a double hose was extremely risky. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought some of those double hoses were, were pretty good breathers, but I'm, I'm always under the, I don't know. Well, in the 1950s, in the early, when the, when the yeah, rule when was set. Were, when well, the, in the, the 50s, early they were ones. just out. Yeah, The regs were not even but a yeah, decade old, but a little, but, little over a decade yeah, old. Yeah, I mean... But, uh, Jockey and the boys were well beyond 200 yeah, at this exactly. point, right? And they were using those old aqualungs. I'm trying to figure you out don't, you don't when re- the U.S. Navy became the, you know, predominant authority on diving versus you'd think Jacques and the French Navy would be the well the predominant. We, don't, don't we but remember? Very, yeah. And, and I Jacques know, came over to the yes, U.S. But Navy. And they were still second. Yeah. Okay. I'm so you would think the French Navy would, would be like, we're going to we're gonna take this thing to the next level. Of course, I mean, they had just, they're coming back from being invaded. I mean, so, so our military got to disband after the war and come back with nothing to do but go diving. Well, they, yeah, they we started, to, it was the rebuild. 50s. It was white re- picket fence time. Yeah, they had yeah. to rebuild the whole nation. Well, yeah. You would think, I don't want that to ever happen. I'm going to go build up my military. And they're going to be some really good divers. But uh, I'm going to go build up my military, wouldn't you? Well, you'd think. But it all comes down to money at that point, I think. Have you seen the price of a French bottle of wine? It's expensive over here. Over there, it's not bad. (laughs) I don't know. I just came from over there. And I'm going to tell you, there was nothing cheap, baby. Oh, I mean, you could, when I was there, you could get a fantastic bottle of Santa Million Bordeaux for three euros a bottle or a glass a bottle i didn't pay anything less than like seven euros for like a glass oh well that's because you're paying for it by the glass you walk into any of those uh we would still get out oh you you just walk into a grocery market yeah Yeah, yeah. maybe you get something a little cheaper i remember years ago going to a restaurant and ordered a bottle of wine Mm mm-hmm at some steakhouse, looking at the bottle wine, bottle cake 40, for low. $45. <laughs> for $45. 45 yeah. bottle of wine, I'm going to splurge. And I remember two weeks later being at the grocery store, seeing that thing for yeah. 12 bucks. <laughs> 12 bucks, yeah. If if that, I was going to say, cupcake Merlot is $4 or $5 or whatever it is. The whole bottle's three. <laughs> exactly. The whole bottle is, yeah, at the, at the, the, the corner wine shop, it's freaking $9.80 or something. 
not to get not to get too far off track, but I'm just I'm curious when the U.S. military became the predominant authority on scuba diving. You know, I I, I think they made it themselves. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm they sure just, they they're like there's a lot we can do with this. There's a lot correct. of money we can save. There's a lot of and then uh, they they made themselves the authority and, and they they ran with it. And yeah. then I I think they were doing so much so fast that just nobody yeah could keep up. Yeah, nobody could keep up, and nobody nobody questioned. And why would you like let them do all the research? We'll just ride on their piggy. You know, we'll piggyback onto that. We're gonna call this project jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to back to the uh, article. Better safe than sorry is the third point. Andy Zuns. Another factor to consider is the U.S. Navy's dive table, which lists a dive to 140 feet as having the same no deco limits as a dive to 130 feet. Both allow for 10 minutes of no deco time. So why not set the recreational diving limit to 140 feet? Basically saying you've got 10 feet of bonus depth. Because you know people are going to push it anyway, and you do want the extra because you're going to round deeper right and that's what he continues on saying okay with tables even going one foot beyond the increment mandates you move to the next greater increment so if you had a maximum depth of 140 feet and allowed yourself to descend to 141 feet by the tables you have to calculate the dive as 150 feet says eric douglas a scuba safety writer and former instructor if you fail to notice why is he a former instructor he's like there's there's no money in instructing <laughs> I'm going to become a safety writer. No, that's what I would do. If you failed to notice that until you returned to the surface, you could be in a situation where you had omitted obligated decompression. And according to the tables, you couldn't dive for 12 to 24 hours. So a limit of 130 feet allowed a slight margin of error, a welcome factor for divers who'd never heard of a computer. Word. So by stay, by keeping that limit at 130, you could conceivably blow your max depth by 10 feet and still not put yourself in any excess risk. Yeah, well, according to the tables. Well, and that was according, my thing. Yeah, so if you go to, to 133 yeah, that feet, mind, right? what according are you supposed to, to be table. using? Yeah, you're supposed to be using the next. So you needed to know the 140. And yeah, you're right. You, you, you don't want to be... I mean, but by that same token, you would think, you know, you could say that about any depth limit. Do you, if you blow that, do you have enough gas? And it, it Well, keeps, those those bring up questions, I think, yes. are even beyond the thinking here. Okay. I mean, even the... You know, the, the Paddy Recreational Dive Planner, which we've given out for decades, people still look at it and go, well, if 130 feet is the maximum depth, why has it got 140 right here? Just in right. case, it's, bitches. Yeah, yeah. It's on there, too. Yeah. And and if you're, so you, if you're going so you, in cold water, you're supposed to use the next greater depth, right? Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. That and it, you know, working, it begs the question of... It's in flow, blah, so, blah, blah. Yeah. And it begs of the question of, is there a... So there's no... There isn't a no decompression limit for 150 feet? Well... Sure, there is. Is there one for 160? Sure, there is. But you get to the point where you... 10 seconds. Right, yeah, yeah. You get to the point of, well, you need to know more about the ascent. Right. And coming up, breathing the same thing that you have breathed the entire time on the bottom is you can do it, but you get you start to get to this point now at this depth where it's not efficient and it doesn't make sense right. to, to keep using the same principles, meaning a, an increase and a decrease of ambient pressure to take on and get rid of gas when we can start bringing <clears throat> some more science into mm-hmm. the game. Bring in the science. Bring in the science. <laughs> the modern man. Times have changed. Almost every recreational diver now sports a computer. 
and a regulator that breathes smoothly beyond 130 feet. So why does every major trading agency require a technical, quote-unquote, certification to venture beyond? Simply put, better safe than sorry. Tech diving, which emerged in the late 1980s, uses high-capacity cylinders and or closed-circuit rebreathers plus helium-mixed gases to go deeper than 130 feet while reasonably managing the associated risks, says good old Shreves. Good old Shreves. Shreves, the old boy. Shreves, hey. Shravesy, you got anything else to say? Well, yes, I do. Shravesy, oh With boy. such equipment, he says, and the associated training <laughs> dive community recognizes that the 130-foot limit doesn't apply. James, the old boy. Call up Shreves, the old boy. Yes, he said that the with the right equipment and training, the that one thirty really doesn't apply anymore. It doesn't you can, mean you a can thing. go you can go far beyond. You go to two hundred and thirty. What if you go to two thirty one? You gotta use the two hundred and forty foot depth you gotta, curve. Well yeah. Although when you start to look at the ratio of increased uh, error or the same over the limit is less of a ratio. So it becomes less and less impactual. You, you understand what you, I'm saying? Yeah, you, so, you mean, yeah. the, you like, mean going from a one yeah. or, or going from 30 feet to 31 feet, feet is not the same effect as going to, from 230 to 231. 231. Yes, although they're both one foot. It, the deeper you go, the less impact you have on things like buoyancy and whatnot because... It's a ratio. It's always a ratio. Your your change in depth to your overall pressure. Your change in depth and pressure-wise ratio to your overall pressure. So when that pressure is smaller, the change is greater, right? Yeah. Like going from 33 feet to the surface. Boom. Like Although it's 33 feet, you've just doubled it. You go from, say, 99 feet to 66 feet. Wow. Right. Right. And you go from 200 to 230. Mm-hmm. Bam. It's hardly anything. You can't even see it. You can't even notice it. Yeah. When you go from 1,000 to... 2030. It's nothing. It's nothing. There are plenty of valid reasons to dive deep, but it requires a thorough knowledge of decompression stops. The most valid, of course, is the I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) Or the how deep have you dove before? Because, oh, you dove 120? I dove 121. (laughs) My old buddy used to go slam his his hand right into the mud. First thing he'd do, go to 240. Uh, go stick your hand in the mud and get 241. So you come up on the boat. What'd you get? 240. What'd you get? 241. What about the the valid reason of, I bet you can't. <laughs> I bet you can't, yes. There are plenty of valid reasons to dive deep, but it requires a thorough knowledge of decompression stops, emergency procedures, and the effects of nitrogen narcosis. At face value, the 130-foot limit seemingly decreases training agencies' liability by encouraging divers to stay shallow. But it's not necessarily a good thing, according to author and dive pioneer Brett Gilliam. This has come back to haunt the certification agencies in two ways, writes Gilliam in his Deep Diving book, an advanced guide to physiology, procedures, and systems that we've covered a couple of times Mm -hmm. on this show. Gilliam goes on to say that many divers ignore the 130-foot limit and deny ever making those quote-unquote outlaw dives, distorting diving trends and statistics. Furthermore, increasingly more diving personal injury and wrongful death lawsuits are litigated on arguments of negligence based solely on the depth of the dive exceeding the safe limit of 130 feet. Just like we said. 
litigious. Goes back to lawyers. Goes back to lawyers. Bill's a lawyer. He's a nice guy. So, I mean, it's it has been a great cop-out, which has led to equipment design, right, based off of... The depth limit. You know what I mean? Like you're, you got to you know, have going, something. So, though. But, I mean, like on the litigious side, right? Yeah. Somebody dies. Mm-hmm. Well, you went to 180 he went, feet. Yeah, he went past the limit. Yeah, he went to 180 feet, of course. Mm-hmm. We, you know, well, so we designed we... it to operate within recreational limits. And again, I, that does I go that. to you have to put some limit in there. You can't just say it's unlimited because people are people. People need limits. Most people yeah. need limits. I mean, I don't need a limit. <laughs> I don't need a speed limit. Time limits. Limit. Yeah. You don't need any don't of that. Need depth <laughs> limits. But other people do. Yeah, I mean, you just need something as a reference point in order to base decision-making as well as behavior, you know, what's acceptable. Because if you didn't put a limit in there, you know, Joe Blow coming out of the class said there's no limit to scuba diving. Sure, sure. Boom. But, but should the limit be? 130 is what you're saying. If not 130, well, I'm not where? Okay, so that's where when that's we, the next question. When we start looking yeah. at Lee's, Lee's paper. His claim is about is it time to abolish the 130-foot depth limit? You know, what he's saying in, in his paper is that that 130-foot limit, as much as it is a limit, also becomes a quick goal for divers by setting it as a limitation. But you can say that about anything. Okay, So it's a bad argument. It's like, well, does it only apply to this? No, it applies to any limit that you put. Unless he's saying, don't put any limit. But then you, no limit is still a limit. In other words, it's a goal. That means I'm going to go to the deepest. Sure. I think his point in the in the paper is that the training agencies were not doing a good enough job to really teach the student. Well, I would have because yeah. what they're doing is, hey, this is your limit. Mm-hmm. Don't go to 130 feet. Because lawyers, there's are- an advanced class next weekend. Yeah. There's a navigation class, yeah. you know, uh, on Wednesday. Rather than really highlighting to that what's new, going on, the new the, diver, yeah. that there is a level of responsibility. If you're going to go deeper, well, there's a there's, level of risk you take. Yeah, out. yeah, and there's right. of course you have there's to you have to be in to the, the right um, emotional level. Right? You, <laughs> I don't. Want you, to. I want to go to That you you got to have you know more experience. My wife gotta, is going to leave me if I don't go to 130. There's uh, you have to be in the right fitness, the right health. The 130 feet in Grand Cayman is not the same 130 feet in other locations like the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. To me, or, this doesn't right, really right. have to do with the limit more than it has to do with just teaching good scuba. And what, well, I think that was his premise. Right. Is, is it's not that 130 okay. foot is the limit. It's good scuba is the limitation. Good diving. And, yeah. and you're yeah. going to set your limitation by having all these other attributes to you as a diver. Exactly. And it, it should be that you teach how to set your own limit based on what's required to do the, the different levels of diving. In the perfect world that you and I seem to find us in, yeah. My personal opinion, looking at how classes have gone over the past 20 years, is that it was predominantly governed and basically they just said whatever the, this group of lawyers says because the teaching became ridiculous. The, the things that they wanted taught... Versus what should be taught. Well, is that is that because a lot of people reality. who really didn't have experience no, to draw on themselves? No, because they didn't want to be liable. They well, didn't yeah, yeah. want well, to be liable. Sure, sure. But when you got 
this huge well, yeah. increase in instructors coming How do in. we get a large instructor base? Well, we decrease the standards for instructor. They don't have to know as much. They don't have to have as much experience. They don't have to have any criteria really met. Any Joe Blow can be a, an instructor. In a matter for the, of, for a matter all of months. And purposes. Yeah, and for all intents and you purposes. You can go from, the, from our, not knowing anything, of, not right. even know how to spell scuba, to, to being an instructor, an instructor in a couple yes. of months. So you hold the cert, you go somewhere, and, and you're teaching based on their foolproof method of teaching scuba, which is, I don't want to say solely, but hugely based upon what can we be sued for. What can they come back at us for? So they teach things that are not really practical. Yeah, I got you there. And I don't even think are safe. You know, like like everybody has to learn to blow and go. Okay, and and you should know that you can blow and go, but there's such a huge emphasis put on it. And the, well, the idea the, of ditching your weight, that's like you're almost guaranteed to hurt yourself. Almost right? guaranteed. And, and spending... You know, spending an extra hour learning how to really plan gas. Yeah, is, is not is, put in. Is there. not put in the class. No. Instead, it's come up with five hundred. <laughs> come up with five hundred. How do I do that? Doesn't matter. Drop Does your that weights. Really matter? Drop we your told weights you to XL come up with all shit hits the fan. He didn't come up with five hundred. So that's why you can't sue us. We told him to come up with five hundred, or we found his body with his weight still on it. Well, you can't sue the education people oh, yeah. because Let's... we did tell him to take off his weights. So listen to this. So Lee in his paper mentions in nearly every sport trainees and participants are encouraged to swim faster what about spelling hang on you know spelling bee is a considered a sport so is math and yeah you're, you're, you're they're mathletes you're encouraged to spell harder words you're encouraged to solve dip more and more difficult equations hear me out no so no in nearly every sport trainees and participates and participants okay. Are encouraged to swim faster, jump higher, or run further. Or, in the case of hot dog eating, eat more, right? Eat more, get more in. <laughs> Correct. Professional hot dog eater. Did you ever go in one of those contests? I did not. You look like you could. I could listen. If it's a summer barbecue, I could put down a couple dogs. Yeah. I'm more of a brat guy. Could. I'm more of a brat guy than a dog guy. If I got my choice between the two. Yeah. But uh, I could, uh, I could, I could put down a couple hot dogs at the old. Memorial Day family barbecue. Dog. Yeah, the dog fest. Sure. Okay, so Lee says, coaches and instructors inspire athletes to perform to their physiological and psychological limits to achieve the impossible. Athletes do get hurt, and some even die in their pursuit of excellence. They accept the risk and the responsibility. I truly feel that nearly every coach and athletic instructor views each beginner as an Olympic hopeful. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I would agree with that. Like, when so you're, you're encouraged when you're, to push the limit is the thing, and that's what that's why I did say, and I think we, he's coming to that conclusion is you have to have a limit established. You have to put some kind of limit, some kind of a reference point from which to say, yeah, yeah. You start to go past here, it gets riskier and riskier. And if we don't tell you Morans to use your Brian's, you yes. will. Go and kill yourself. He comes in 
saying, with some exceptions, this is not the case in modern scuba diving. In fact, the opposite is true. During the first scuba diving class, instructors begin to impose limits. Limits on depth. The, and that's the thing. It's not a limit. You know, you're looking at the limit as like pushing yourself to uh, injure yourself. And, and that's not how you push a scuba diver. You push the scuba diver to just gain experience in different different environments. And this is where I think scuba diving should be looked more at looked at more as an art form versus a, a sport, sport versus a competition. Yeah. That's one of the definition, you know, parts of the definition of sport versus an art. Uh, they both, you know, require require a skill set that can be perfected. Uh, Absolutely, I'm with you 100 on that one. It's with a sport, there's a competition. Competition with an art form. It's to, to perfect it. And there's an appreciation of... And, and sport, a sport can be an art form to a certain extent, but there's the lack of competition. Well, Lee says, if an athlete is injured in the pursuit of achievement, he is generally praised by his peer group for the attempt. Yeah, I, I mean, I get what he's saying. If yeah, a if diver you, is injured, he's often maligned by fellow divers, instructors, and agencies. Because it, the problem with getting injured in scuba diving is especially where we're at. We, we don't have like a... Uh, regulating federal government agency over us, right? Until morans start doing stupid crap, then the government feels the need to step in and regulate us. Now, once the government gets involved, you have legalities, you have lawyers, you have uh, ramifications that can be brought to you down on you by police. Once the government's involved, a law is put in or regulation or something on the books. So we don't want... The diving community has, in my opinion, Lee's cultivated a condition in which the individual diver no longer has freedom of thought, expression, and action. Divers are shaped as clients, destined to wallow in mediocrity while they fuel the economic furnaces of manufacturing, retailing, and tourism. And lawyers. Well, see, underneath all of them are lawyers. <laughs> the people don't realize that every single part of that has lawyers involved. But yeah, that, and that's a, what we've come to. It's a that, pretty good paper. Maybe we'll... Yeah. Maybe we'll in the future, we'll, uh, delve we'll, into we'll delve into it a little bit deeper. We'll but, dive but he's into saying it a that, you know, divers, yeah. yes, 130 foot is a depth limit, but there's more to it than that being the depth limit. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to know yourself and you got to know the person that you're in the water with before you know what your limitation is. Well, you should have a proper education. That's And that's what it comes down to. It boils down to getting that proper education right off the bat. Now, now the lawyers look at statistics, go, yeah, we've only had this many lawsuits. Right, and their answer tends to be, if there is a fatality, mm -hmm. the, the answer tends to be, I would say, not looking at a way to fix the education and mm -hmm. fix the diver, but it's rather, Are how, we do covered? We, how do we reword the liability form? Yes. Are we covered? We got to put a, mm -hmm. there should have been a comma, mm -hmm. In this liability yeah. form here, and that's why and we not have, just we have silly ass changes every month in our instructor guides. Yeah, every month. And now, come on, you haven't gotten it right over forty years. Don't tell me things have and nothing's really changed. Has anything really changed? No. More people are using computers, so that lawyers love that crap. Yeah, because it's a, it's, it's business, a loophole for them. Yeah, we're in in my opinion, and I'm sure you're the same way. It's it's, well, it's, makes it's a, beyond the computer. It, makes a diver dumb, is what it does. Thank you. You don't yeah, have yeah. to teach tables or an understanding of really what's going on. Just do what this thing tells you to do, and you should be good. And if it tells you something wrong, well, they got a lawsuit against the computer manufacturer, not the instructor. Right. Never mind that. 
you lost buoyancy from 50 feet, even though the computer is beeping at you, right? The next answer is going to be, well, we need a BCD that transmits back yeah. and forth to the computer <laughs> to control the ascent. taken care of. Oh, wait. And so that, that's all taken. Oh, they're wait. trying to do that already. Oh, they already oh, have oh, it. Yeah, yeah. It's not even trying. They but again, that's, in my opinion, that's not the answer. No, right? that's not the answer at it, all. It's the answer that makes the... The most legal, money, the legal, and that makes yeah. the most money, but yeah. it's not the answer if you are somebody out there who really wants to experience the art of scuba diving. Wants to do do who, it well. Who wants to yeah. be an artist in the yeah. water. The answer isn't in the new gadget. It's within yourself, right? And finding somebody who can teach you, teach you how to dive. Or yeah, re- somebody I who, mean, can, really, uh, who can really, really dive, really yeah. grow that flower of <laughs> beauty underwater. <laughs> the flower of diving. The uh, Here's my, and you tell me, as we've been in the scuba industry for decades, a few decades here, and watched it become what it is right now, the trend, in my mind, the ultimate goal is to do away with an instructor, if they could. Well, yeah, they would do that they if would, they could. Well, they the human instructor. Yes, the human, exactly. And that, I should I should clarify that. You're exactly right. To do away with the human in the system, because that's, in their mind, the human is the failure point. It's the mistake maker. It can't be guaranteed. Well, it can't under it, their model. It is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It. it exactly. The I human think is between the, you, like our model, the well, human, human element is what's going to save is your what life. Is gonna, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Because exactly. it's going to allow you to think. Thank you very much. The uh, and and that's what I I just it just kind of irks me. And this is where a lot of my vitriol f- against the industry comes from. They want to make a million instructors because it makes them more money. And in order to do that, they have to lessen the standards for instructors. And they want a million divers out. You know, to get more instructors, you've got to have more divers, period. So let's lessen those standards. But how do we do that and still not be liable for when they die? Lawyers. Lawyers. We'll let a legal team make up the instruction. Because now it's not about teaching the skill and art. It's about teaching you how to dive in a way that no matter what happens to you, we can't be held at fault for it. Right. Okay. And, and you'll always have something new that you have to buy to keep yeah. up with the legal end of the game. And in my mind, and that's how I've always seen the changes that come through, the little nuances that are changed in the instructor manual. What they, you know, they tell you right up in the major agencies that have a lawyer, a legal team assigned to their agency. They have a whole team of lawyers. They'll tell you, we have lawyers for you. And they'll stick with you as long as you go word for word by the instruction manual. Don't add anything. Don't don't take away anything. Definitely don't add anything. You can't do anything. There's no no real leeway for you to say, listen, you know, this is my experience, and I've dove here, 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 and this is how we do things. You can't really do that. You're by the book. You're supposed to just go exactly word for word in the order that they tell you. No wiggle room, none. And if you do, and something happens. Well, they tell you in the fine print on your instructor card, you know, in your contract, you lose our lawyers. We will wash our hands of you. You, yes. <laughs> and I have to believe, this is just my personal belief, that they're looking for ways to wash their hands of you when you get involved in a lawsuit. Oh, oh, they I, absolutely I have are. to believe because, that, just because it saves them money. Oh, yeah. And it right makes them the look better. They're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, he didn't do what we told him to do. It's just like, you know, why you've got to Which is why as an instructor, I mean, you got to... Make sure every single I is dotted, every yeah, single yeah, T is crossed, yeah. every piece of paper is signed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, you know, because they'll come back, you know, 
a decade. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, somebody has some they issue. They want to see that, yeah. They're, they're, they're trying like, to sue you from 10 years ago. Yeah. You then, taught them 10 years yeah, ago. Somebody yeah. Somebody has an issue on a dive, and then they come back all the way back to, to your open water. Oh, you were the open water instructor? Uh, send us copies of all of his uh, homework that he turned in. Oh, he didn't sign his name at the bottom, bottom yeah. of chapter two. There's no date Done. on this one. There's no, <laughs> or he he mismatched the month and the the day. You know, he put the month first and type the We day. use international <laughs> dating, not, not military. Oh, oh you yeah, done, you sweet son of a bitch. You're on your own. Yeah, so th- that gets under my skin a lot. All right, well, hey, listen, that was an interesting discussion on the depth limit. Depth limit of 130 feet. So I want to say a thank you to the people who. Answered a couple yeah. of oh, okay. a, a little text messages and emails I sent, you know, asking asking for yeah. some uh, opinion of you know if they remembered theirs, oh. and I got some really good answers back. Some of them very very thorough. Some of them I have no clue. You know, so there's a lot of good instructors out there that are teaching a lot of backstory behind the rules, which yeah. is good to hear. Rather, right. rather than just you're giving get the call. guide, you're going to get guideline. a call from your instruct, instructional agency like that is not in the book. You should stop teaching that, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful out there, guys. We're going to write you up. Well, hey, so um, hey, 130 feet. Is that your death limit? Is that the death limit you use? What is your death limit out there? Send us an email. Let us know what your death limit is. Is it 60 feet? What's the Cayman Cowboys? What's the Cayman Cowboys death, death limit? limit? They have yeah. no limit. No. It's an, the, the ocean is an open range <laughs> to the Cayman Cowboy. Hey, if you guys enjoyed the Cayman Cowboy episode, send us a little message on that, too. Tell us what you liked about it. If uh, you thought it was too much, send us a message and let us know, too. So we'll, we'll ignore that <laughs> And we're going we're gonna to make jokes and laugh at those ones. <laughs> so uh, either, either way, along all those lines, thank you to everybody out there for supporting the show, sharing the show, and listening to us talk each week rant on that note i think it's time to uh sign log books okay so uh here's mine there you go log okay me thank you very much and i'll get yours done here okay there you go stay above 140 (laughs) nope okay nope all right guys uh we will see you next week we will talk to you next week See, I can see through this microphone. Yes. Safe diving. Anyway, the long story short is. You're going to get contacted now. <laughs>